A coger in Gaital, she has this mean lama week as Creole Gual, Livasat, and Firkin Fulcher, a darish of Rome Hain as Revma Van Kayla Sivin. Martogan she, source of special to do an event or dantan who could kill Urian of Liv, as act on eight percent as act Oberlekele, a Tajantaki could Urgaliacta with the mark, as a stashi a hentis of Hurton Takiat, a worshipful. Or glan partneri as fostori view, agus es min la mandesha hapo kun ma koma kun tristu lesion open university tradition la kiat blin kweke blin erin vota ta buincha makake. Pro Chancellor Malcolm Sweeting, presiding officer Professor Hazel Reimer, uh, graduates and dear friends, it is a very great pleasure for me as president of Ireland uh, to join you here today, together with my wife, as we celebrate together your significant achievement with the Open University. And may I say to all of you, you deserve this moment of formality, as well as you deserve also the celebration which you will no doubt, which will no doubt follow it. And I do want to thank John Darcy, Director of the Open University in Ireland, for his kind words, and indeed, for the invitation for me to join you today for this public ceremony, which acknowledges that after years of study, you have met the required standards to be awarded the degree of diploma that you set out to achieve. And I so very much want to congratulate the Open University on its 50 years. I remember it, it very, very well in, in 1969, in 1968, I was at Manchester University, and uh, in 1969, I received my first permanent post in the National University of Ireland, Galway. But I congratulate this gathering today, and as I have already said in Irish, I'm not confining my congratulations to those of you in gowns. I also congratulate those family members and partners and husbands and wives children, friends, and work colleagues whose encouragement, support, and I know at times, if, if we have patience and forbearance helped you all to get over the line. I so congratulate you all. Indeed, as you have heard in a previous uh, incarnation, I spent many years as a lecturer in National University of Ireland, Galway, or UCG, as it was known when I started there. And I have to say that when I look back at it, this was one of the most rewarding periods of my life. And the relationship between, to have the privilege of being a university teacher and of interacting with students is one of the great, great privileges uh, that one can have. And it's one that I have had in Ireland and uh, in England and the United States and, and, and elsewhere. What I should say to is relevant as the group that I'm speaking to this afternoon is my own position, uh, pat to, the, to what I've just described, and indeed my current position was not by any means any foregone conclusion. I was the first member of my family to have the privilege of progressing to third level education. Half of my family had emigrated to England in that period between 1955 and 60. And the, both the time period and the place where I grew up in the 50s and early 60s, it was not the norm 
for people to have such access as would enable them uh, to do the Leaving Certificate, let alone progress to third level. We should remember that it was only in 1947 in Northern Ireland and 1966 in the South that free secondary education was introduced. And we always should remember what a significant emancipatory decision it was that for the first time now provided a pathway for so many more people to have access to and finish secondary school and allow them a platform from which to progress to third level. And as I say these words, one of the great advantages of the Open University is that there are so many who in fact end their, have ended their participation at half point through that secondary level experience and the Open University allows them uh, to resume. For of course it is such an absurdity to suggest that unless you have availed of your educational opportunities within a very limited part of the life cycle, that you've lost them forever. It's something that offends the very concept of education and intellectual formation, and that is why people should really be learning until they draw their last breath. But prior to that emancipatory decision that I have described, free secondary education of those who did get to do the living, only a few could aspire to third level. And there was a very strong social <coughs> reproduction-ish uh, factor at, at stage there, something that today, when you analyze the professions in Ireland, you can see it very, very clearly. And there were costs even associated with being called to the training college for national teaching, deposits required for the sheets, for example, that you would use while you were being trained for the two years. And I think this, therefore, if you like, the civil service, the semi-state companies, or new jobs in the industrial estates and factories that were now beginning to emerge, were the options that were available to the vast majority of the young. Between 1955 and 1960, there is no year that less than 55,000 people do not leave Ireland, <coughs> mostly for England. Altogether, in five years, 250,000 people. What would happen if you had done the leaving and were part of that population is that you could get a book called Guide to Careers, and published by the Irish Independent, and it had all the closing dates for the applications for library services and for all of the different forms of the half civil service that were available. I remember at that time being, uh, becoming acutely conscious of the unfairness of it and that despite having a good living certificate, poverty for so many would act as an impediment to anybody who had a desire to teach. And the instinct to teach, to want to teach, is something that is one of the greatest gifts that a person can have. And thus, after a period working as a clerk in a factory in Shannon, I started work with the electricity supply board as a grade eight clerk in Galway. At that particular time, you were encouraged to do correspondence courses for the different accountancy professions. And uh, therefore, that more or less, there was a, a kind of a certain pattern that developed. There was a demand at that time in Galway by many of those in my position for night classes. There was a, an actual advocacy for the time. They were available in Dublin and Cork, but they weren't available in Galway. 
And then due to an act of generosity within a few years, an opportunity arose for me through writing to attend University College Galway as a mature student, although not as mature as some of you, I would venture, because I was, after all, I was 21. This was a defining point for my life, in some ways a chance opportunity, but one which exposed me to a world of learning that was simply not available for so many others of my age and background. And I think that my studies in those early years encouraged me, within me, a curiosity and hunger to understand how the world worked, and it equipped me with the language and the intellectual tools that might later, however, inadequately interrogate it, and to imagine how it might work better, achieve equality of educational opportunity. And we should never forget how the open university concept comes into being after people without consideration as to class had been called upon to serve in war and defend their country. The intellectual exercise and mind work involved in studying, discussing, and debating fed my interest in the world around me and in all the possibilities that I saw for how we could create a better, more inclusive, fairer society for each other. And it set me on the sometimes meandering path that I have followed since then. For me, it was a time spent in conversation and debate with fellow students, tutors, and lecturers that helped me to form thoughts and views. And I have to acknowledge my debt as well to something that sadly is disappearing from the universities, the valuable component of eccentricity. I think that it is necessary in any university to create, if you like, that space and where the imagination flies beyond the rules and demands of the syllabus. I think as well that that conversation as well that I mentioned after my appointment in 1969, we had a debate in, uh, a debate, uh, in the university as to expanding outside the walls of the university, with some traditionalists saying, is this kind of thing something a university should be doing? And it was the intake of staff in 1969 that a number of us said in the end, we're going to teach these courses. And I taught extramural courses in Roscommon, two or three nights a week, and in Donegal, and all over the west of Ireland, with a number of all of these new staff who had been recruited to handle the huge intake that had come as a result of free secondary education. I had come back from Manchester, I said, in 1968-69, and Truth would continue to be in and out of there to 71. But I remember the debate about the Open University very, very clearly, and what it was offering in terms of democratic inclusion and the right of everyone to have ideas that were informed and to be part of the formation ideas that would influence decisions that would be taken in their life. And I am so glad that the Open University encourages students to work together and to come together for tutorials and group sessions where those valuable discussions can take place and where you can help each other to shape your understanding and to test your assumptions. Most recently, I've been responding to a new piece of work in relation to the sociology of resonance and how people resonate with the world how you take the world into you, and how you, in fact, participate in the world and resonate with it in its complexity. And much of this cannot be done as a totally private experience, but is assisted by what is shared with others. 
Education in Ireland or anywhere can also be understood, must be understood, I believe, in its societal context. Undoubtedly, the Irish experience at primary and secondary levels is admirable and praiseworthy in so many ways. However, like the broader society in which it resides, it contains inherent biases and tendencies that can serve to predetermine educational outcomes, depending on where and how the child enters the formal system. More recently, I've been speaking about the socialization of very young children, as to whether they're encouraged to see the world that they're entering as a world of opportunities or as a source of fear with things to be avoided. And that tells us, in many ways, the great contribution that the Open University has in having an egalitarian approach towards life and a world that is genuinely shared. And wouldn't it be a wonderful achievement of any state, of any republic, if all children started with an equality of resources and opportunities in education? For when it comes to progression from second uh, level to higher education, there are so many factors that can help to determine if and when any woman or man will pursue further education. Finances, social expectations, and family circumstances, these are ob obvious influences. But so too is the individual's disposition, readiness, or self-confidence to start an academic course. I remember as a very, oh yes, I remember as a very young teacher, uh, realizing very early on that in relation to students, sorry, thank you. It's great to have the army to help you. With. <laughs> uh, 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 but uh, uh, thank you, Pam. Uh, I, I think uh, what is very, very important uh, is that the sense of strangeness. We would find, for example, we offer tutorials for the first time then, and really if a student got past Christmas, the dropout was in fact actually uh, uh, much less. And what that was was really the sense of strangeness. There are some people coming from class circumstances where it is perfectly natural to flow into these settings. There are others of which there is that barrier of strangeness to be overcome. And after the first term or two, people would be all right. But this is so important. This is the importance of the Open University, giving opportunities back to people. Most of you have come to further education, perhaps, later in life. And at the risk of uh, transgressing GDPR rules, I understand that the biggest cohort of you in your 40s, followed by youngsters in their 30s, and a few child prodigies still in your 20s, but what you have all in common is that each of you have accepted the personal challenge of pursuing a third level course with the time when the time was right for you. And it is an exercise in curiosity for the world. It is not necessarily simply and hectic to make yourself more useful for the expectation of others. It is about the benefits of an encouraged curiosity and the compassion and care and concern that will flow from it. Some of you are receiving postgraduate qualifications. I've met you already and congratulated you. And for others, today is the culmination of your first third level educational adventure. May you have many more. And many of you had not studied since leaving school and may have harbored doubts in your own abilities to succeed or to see it through. So today is a vindication of your belief in yourselves 
and of the faith kept by those closest to you. And I congratulate you all on having the courage to commence your studies and the discipline to carry them through to completion. And the structures and support of the Open University have been a wonderful fit for your circumstances, allowing you to shape your studies around the other demands on your time. And there's another advantage the Open University has. It is better able than many universities to be able to interact with the changes that are taking place. For certainly it is not a case of some inevitable accelerated modernity that is happening in the world. It is the challenge of understanding change and being, as Raymond Williams put it, the arrow, not the target. The Open University is powerfully placed for that, and I have no doubt whatsoever it will be even more important, as literally every one of the subjects that I have mentioned will be redefined in the next decade or two decades. They will not be the subjects as many of us learned them or taught them. Fifty years ago, the British Labour Party Prime Minister, Harold Wilson, had a vision of inclusive education that would radically transform the third level sector. The proposal that working people and those without paid employment no matter where they lived and no matter what their family or financial situations were, would be given access to the highest standard of academic scholarship through participation in higher education. That was nothing short of revolutionary, and I repeat that word again, emancipatory, and a powerful contribution to participation. Flexibility then and well-designed student support coupled with innovative methods of teaching and course delivery, have seen over two million graduations in the past half century. What a contribution that is to democracy. And with current enrollment at almost 175,000 individuals, I prefer to say into 5,000 citizens, the Open University is now one of the world's largest universities, and its open admissions policy has removed a real impediment to so many who would otherwise find it difficult to meet the entry criteria for university courses. Over the past half century, the Open University has become more and more engaged across Ireland, with over 40,000 qualifications having been achieved in that time. And the opening of its Advice and Inquiry Centre here in Dublin in the mid-90s has been followed by the very fruitful co co collaboration with the Higher Education Authority, the Psychological Society of Ireland, and RTE. And I believe, frankly, in the next decade or two, as discussions open up into the global world, you will find people as well, as I have said, acquiring skills not simply as a measure of being useful to other people's designs, but it will constitute the property that they will negotiate uh, with the rest of the world. It will be part of their negotiation with participation in life. Open University's provision then of Irish-focused modules is so much to be applauded, including the module launched last year on the Good Friday Agreement and Irish 101, an introduction to Irish language and culture, which is a joint collaboration with Dublin City University and the Irish government, and then another module, Languages of Ulster, which was so co-produced with BBC Northern Ireland exploring our linguistic heritage, our diverse linguistic heritage, covering Irish, Ulster, Scots, and the distinctive strand of Ulster Hiberno-English. An all-island collaboration between the Open University, Enterprise Ireland, and Invest Northern Ireland, open for growth, 
has developed distant learning resources for growing companies across the island. And these initiatives are all part of what it can be achieved through the Open University. They are vital in encouraging North, South and East West cooperation and the giving of mutual support. And they will be ever more valuable as we move forward. And thus today's graduates, Kim and Lynn Yu, the range of subjects that you have studied is impressive in its breadth and depth, from philosophy to engineering, reminding me that philosophers and mathematicians were one in the most significant areas in the history of scholarship. Subjects interact with each other, social work to medicinal chemistry. The Open University has enabled you to pursue those fields that are of most interest to you and engage you immediately and of most relevance to your lives and will be platforms to other things that you will do. And the benefits of tutor support, distance learning and open learning, a free educational resource provides a very democratic approach to third level studies. One that has allowed over 80% of Irish Open University students to undertake their studies while working. Universal access to courses, and how I wish that word would come back into current usage, universality. Universal access to courses is enabled by the Open University's emphasis on accessibility its focus on helping to meet the needs of students with the additional challenges of having a disability. It is not surprising then that the Open University is so progressive in this regard as it is consistent with its philosophy to systematically remove barriers, barriers that have prevented so many people from fulfilling their academic potential. This influence of the Open University ethos on the broader third level sector has been remarkable and valuable. Universities now routinely offer distance learning, provide alternative routes to enrolment to their courses, opening them up to students and backgrounds not traditionally represented among student populations. Over 800 universities around the world now offer open online courses, although I have to suggest that I see this as a partnership, not a replacement. Much of this is a direct result of the public service ethos of the Open University and its genesis within a positive state intervention in the education sector for the public good. It's a real contribution to the restored concept of the public world, a public world in which you have open participation. And notwithstanding the challenges that it faces, which are common to so many of our universities and third level institutions, the Open University can look back with real pride in its achievements over the past five decades. And you who are graduating today are aspects, manifestations of that success. I am confident that the Open University has a bright future. And it will continue to innovate and find ways to attract and support students like you who are searching for academic excellence. And may I especially commend the Open University for its inspired decision to honour Stephen Ray with an honorary degree. Stephen Ray has made such a vital contribution to arts and culture across these islands in so many ways. He has my heartfelt congratulations. 
But this is not the end for any of your students, but rather staging post in your lives of ongoing learning. My hope is that the knowledge and skills that you have acquired will serve as platforms to enable you to achieve your goals and encourage your curiosity and all the contrariness that goes with it and better equip you to be constructive, active and engaged citizens, engaged in your communities, in the challenges that we face together and aware of the contribution that each of you can make to forging a better shared future for us all. Enjoy the formalities of your occasion, but also enjoy the human satisfaction which you and your families must feel at what you have achieved through your effort. August Maruk Tronaher and as President of Ireland, I wish you well in all that you do. It's gone a week as reach than Open University. I thank the Open University for its contribution to education, for its remarkable achievements since 1969. May I wish you every good wish for the future. Thank you.